Welcome back to the Sisters in Sustainability podcast. We are back with another young woman that is trying to help change the world. From Connecticut, we are joined by a future speech-language pathologist and advocate for those with communication disorders, Monica Ann Fenwick. Monica, thank you so much for being here with us today. We are so excited to have you. If you wouldn't mind taking a second just to introduce yourself and tell everybody what it is that you do. So hi, everyone. I am Monica. I'm from Connecticut, like you mentioned. I'm a local title holder in the Miss America organization in Connecticut. I'm currently Miss Wolkett and just competed at Miss Connecticut a few weeks ago. I promote my social impact, which is communication is key, unlocking the stigmas around communication disorders, which really focuses on giving these individuals a voice and the resources they need to be successful. I'm going to school to be a speech language pathologist at the University of Connecticut. Go your Huskies or big, big basketball school. So that's what I like to do on the side. Um, aside from Miss Connecticut, I've been a, or competing for Miss Connecticut. I have been a competitive cheerleader my whole life. I like to watch dance moms and eat a bag of chips while doing so. I have like two alter egos where one is super hyper-focused on getting things done and the other is just relaxing, but That's a little bit about me. Well, that's a good balance. I feel like everybody needs a solid balance between being hyper fixated on things and then having their ability to relax. But tell us what inspired you to want to become an SLP? I actually was at a daycare because I originally wanted to be a teacher. So that's what my focus was on, getting experience teaching. And there was a child in the classroom who had autism who didn't communicate verbally. He communicated through outbursts. And a lot of the staff was not educated on how to handle these outbursts. And I noticed that he was often getting neglected because he didn't have any output of language. And that kind of inspired me to take a twist on my journey and instead of being a teacher, be a speech language pathologist in a school system, which is kind of similar, but more of a one-on-one job where you get to help them on this specialized area rather than overall educating. So Sustainable Development Goal 10, Reduced Inequalities, focuses largely on creating equal and just uh, systems for the underserved and for marginalized groups. This goal also targets dismantling discrimination on the basis of sex, gender, race, and of course, against those that are differently abled. You know, in talking about inequalities, I want to first talk about stigma. I know that's a big part of your community service initiative. So how do you think communication barriers, you know, impact those that are differently abled? Communication is just that basic life skill that helps people connect, helps them be able to like pursue their dreams in a way because without that way of communicating with other people it's hard to get their wants and needs expressed so it's this life skill that's really essential and people don't understand that communication goes beyond verbal there's nonverbal communication like facial expressions using sign language and other communication methods that we try to give individuals who may struggle with communicating verbally so we don't just work on focusing on how to improve their verbal communication. But if verbal communication is a barrier, we move on to other ways of nonverbal communication. So this is definitely a stigma that's occurring in the field as people think if you can't talk, you won't be able to express your wants and needs, which is just not, not true. And that's what us SLPs are here to conquer. And that's something I focus on too, is trying to give everyone effective communication, no matter what that may mean for them. I know that you had the the opportunity to 
speak with Megan Sinisi when she was Miss Pennsylvania. And I remember that was actually the first time I was really introduced to you was watching you on, on um, her podcast. And so I've been following you for a while to see everything that you've been doing. So how do you think, you know, the average person, what can we do to better our communication methods to benefit those who struggle with verbal communication? That is a great question. Oftentimes people with a communication disorder are scared to ask for help or to ask for something to be repeated or in a different way. I work with adults too. It's not just children. We have adults who had a stroke and that brain path communication just is not what it used to be for them. So they're struggling to relearn how to communicate. And they often say that just someone repeating is one thing that helps them or just talking slower or hiring their volume. So there's these little things that people don't realize is so helpful, but they seem like they're a burden by asking for them to repeat or hire the volume. So it's just little things where if someone asks you to repeat something or needs a different way, they don't seem like they're understanding, just being open to the idea of trying a new way to convey that message instead of getting frustrated is the best thing other people can do. I know that you mentioned that you had for a while considered becoming a teacher with the teacher crisis that we're experiencing across the country. How can we incentivize schools to improve their DEI efforts and of course, make their institutions more inclusive and and more in tune to people who might suffer from communication disorders? This is definitely a topic of conversation right now because there's not enough professionals in the classroom to be able to be more individualized and have a higher focus on individuals with higher needs. And I think it's really important that we try to find methods of education that can be beneficial for all students in the classroom. Because if a student needs another visual aid, say, to help with their classroom experience, someone else who might not have an IEP or 5014C like set up, that they might actually benefit from that too. So just being open to the idea that kids may benefit from these small other methods of communication and teaching, it helps all people, not just those with the disability in that area. So I think it's really that open-mindedness that might help with the time management as well when it comes to teaching and individuals that may have higher needs. You know, what role do you feel that you play as an educator in promoting your community service initiative? And what role do you think education plays in general in promoting your community service initiative? So I like to say that my community service initiative is based on three values. So it's educate, evolve, and enrich. And with that education piece, it's very focused on getting into the classroom and educating people at a young age on how to be accepting of those who might be different. Because a lot of the kids in the classrooms have peers that may not communicate the way they do and just teaching them how to be accepting, how to help, and also just being someone they can refer to if they need anything is just a core value of what I do. We also have the students fill out these forms that say I am unique and they write in what their unique attributes are. And just showing them that someone might be different in one way, but you also have these different values on yourself. So we're all different. We're all unique. And someone might communicate a little differently, but that's just their personal attribute that's different. So just really embracing the idea that we're all different. Now we could all support each other is what I like to do in that education piece. So what platform do you feel that Miss America has been able to give you or or how have you been able to use the Miss America platform to promote your community service initiative? 
I used to be extremely shy to the point where my mother would order my food for me at the age of 17. And Miss America has given me these skills that I'm not afraid to go out into the community and talk to people and educate people on what I believe in. And it's also given me a platform where I know not everyone agrees with what I do. Some people have different mindsets when it comes to helping those with communication disorders, but it's given me the confidence to be able to promote what I believe in, regardless of what other people may think for that idea of promoting more effective communication for all people. So Miss America has definitely given me the platform, as we say, the crown is like a microphone and giving us those opportunities to get into the classrooms. I think I could do it without the crown, but I think it has given me so much more courage and the tools to be able to get out there that I didn't have prior. And everyone likes to see a princess once in a while as they like to refer to us in the classroom. So it's just given me the opportunity to grow as an individual and my impact. I think that's so true. One thing I've definitely noticed in talking about sustainability is that a lot of people don't care when I just come in and I'm Victoria and I'm talking about it. They think, okay, what does Greenie know about saving the world? But there really is some kind of change of when you put that crown and sash on that not only does it empower you, but I feel like it empowers others to listen to what it is that you have to say. You become this public figure that people are looking to. And, you know, in a sense, you become this ideal of what people want to know. So I think that's a a really great, I I know that's something that we say often here in Pennsylvania is that the crown is a microphone and Mm -hmm. it really is the platform for talking about these things. But you made a great point. You know, there are a lot of people with different views in this world. And unfortunately, um, for marginalized groups and for people who are differently abled, People often think that giving assistance to these groups is a negative thing. You know, what what can we do to bridge that gap? What can we do to say, you know, it's not a bad thing to help those in need? I truly think there's some people whose mindsets just won't change. And that's super unfortunate, but maybe we can give them the tools to maybe realize, maybe you don't agree with it, but let's try to work together towards this common goal I think it's really important that education is a focus because sometimes people don't realize until they're in the situation themselves. So trying to give them experiences in different backgrounds from individuals who may go through something different for them to see and open their eyes, but we can just hope that something like that will help them, but just maybe promoting an open mind and hoping that people will learn from what you are giving them and noticing that maybe not everyone does, but if we could even change one person's mind, then we are making an impact. And that's, that's the whole point of it all. So you mentioned that at 17, you were too shy to even order a meal for yourself. You know, how did you find your way into the Miss America organization? Yes. So I was a competitive cheerleader and one of the members of my team was Miss Connecticut's outstanding team that year. And I really wanted to go to a private college in Connecticut. But as we know, tuition costs are unimaginable. They're just not doable. (laughs) And I had to find a way to be able to reach my goal going to that college. And she mentioned to me that she had all these full rides from competing in Miss Connecticut. And I always wanted to when I was little, I just didn't have the courage to do so, but it was my senior year of high school. I wanted to go to the college that I wanted to. 
So I decided to just jump in and see what could happen. And I got hooked like everyone else. After that first year, this will be my, I just competed for the fourth time at Miss Connecticut and I do look forward to competing again. So as they all say, like once you're in it, the pageant bug always comes back. I've told myself, you know, I'm just going to focus on grad school and move on. And I just can't because something about the environment that Miss America promotes is not just success for yourself, but success for others. And it's something that just keeps on pulling you back. So that's what got me in and got me hooked. <laughs> and I've had enough opportunities from competing to help fund my master's degree. So that's always a plus too. So what comes next for you in your Miss America journey? That is a good question. So <laughs> I think everyone, after they compete, they definitely consider where they're going to go next with it. I placed first runner-up this year at Miss Connecticut, and it's something that I never imagined. I've competed three other times prior and never placed. So when I placed first runner-up after saying, no matter what the outcome is, I'm done this year, I'm going to graduate and be an SLP, I know I'm coming back for more because everything that the Miss America opportunity promotes aligns with my values, but also placing first runner up showed that I can do it and I could come back stronger. And every time I've set my mind to something, it's been possible. So just, I think that's what's going to happen unless life gives us a twist. And as of now, that's what I'm hopeful for in the coming year is competing for a local title and giving another go at the title of Miss Connecticut. Cause I'm not ready to give up on that dream just yet. I think that's one of the beautiful things about being a first runner up. I know people, I was second runner up to Miss Pennsylvania this year. And my, one of my best friends actually became Miss Pennsylvania. And so people ask, like, does it hurt? Like, doesn't that impact like the relationship that you have with these people? And I was like, no, it's, it, I think it lights a fire under you to want to keep coming back and doing more. And I always say that I've loved this organization for 10 years, going on 11 years and whether I win or not, I will never stop loving this organization. And so I, I think that that sentiment's exactly what I think many of us share in is that we just love being here. And you're right. We do. You catch the bug and, yes. and you can't ever seem to get away from it. <laughs> That's exactly, exactly how it is. And it's every time I've thought about just moving on wasn't because I wasn't happy with the organization. I've loved every opportunity I've had, but just thinking, you know, I'm just going to get my job and focus on that because every time I go into it, it's only if I'm going to give it 100%. I never want to try for the title if I'm not 100% ready and committed to do so. So when I think about graduating and maybe having a career in the fields, it's like, am I ready? But I know if I'm going to do it, it's going to be 100%. So I'm looking forward to it as long as life allows because you just never know. This is true. You do never know what's going to happen and what's going to come next, but I'm so grateful that we've had the opportunity to talk with you about your community service initiative and your time in the Miss Connecticut organization. And I know that I'm so excited to see whatever comes next for you. But before we close out our interview, I have one last question for you. So Monica, what is one piece of advice that you would give to a young person that wants to create positive change in the world? I have to say one thing I always go back to is that you can't pour from an empty cup. And I think this is just so important to realize because there's so many times you're trying to do so much for everyone else, but you can't fully commit unless you take care of yourself first. And 
I know it's amazing all the things we are trying to achieve, especially in the Miss America organization. There's so many outlets that we can pursue, but it's so important that we take care of ourselves first so that we are able to do so fully and confidently. Thank you so much for being here with us and for sharing your wisdom and for very clearly sharing your passion. Um, I'm so excited to see you become an SLP and everything that you do in your journey. And I want you to know you've got somebody cheering for me for you all the way over here from Pennsylvania. And so excited to see what comes next on your Miss Connecticut journey. But to our listeners at home, you can learn more about Monica's mission by following her on Instagram at misswilkett2023.mao. Learn more about how you can achieve United Nations Sustainable Development Goals by following us on Instagram at Sisters in Sustainability Podcast, and its sustainability starts with you. Thanks for listening.